Hi, my name is Alon Strohshine, founder of The Normal 40. I am so glad you are here. If you're here, it's not by accident. Dude, you're searching. And I get it because I've been there. In February 2022, after 14 years, I left my job as a public company executive. And I left without a resume. I left without a bunch of jobs lined up. And I left without being independently wealthy. But I went in search of something more. I went in search of finding out exactly who it is I was capable of being. And I've learned that my mission in life is to inspire a thousand dudes to go chase their same journey. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you found this podcast because here we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it raw. And there are going to be thousands of dudes just like you who can't wait to hear what we talk about next. Dude, thanks for being here. I can't wait to see you along the normal 40 highway. Welcome to Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam Eaton. I am your co-pilot on this episode and happy to be joined by the lead pilot, a dude you need to know, and the founder of Normal 40. His name is Lon Strohshine. Lon, first off, uh, welcome back again. Thanks for joining for another episode. How are you feeling these days, my friend? Oh, man, I'm feeling so good, Adam. Thanks for asking. How are you feeling? I never asked am, you, how are you, man? Listen, I am fantastic. I'm actually a bit jealous um, because you and I, so this is a, a little behind the scenes for the for the listener, for the viewer today. You and I are recording this episode via internet like we normally do. However, we yes. are about an hour and 10 minutes away from each other geographically. You are, you are in an idyllic setting on Daytona Beach, Florida. For those who ever see the video version of this, Lon's backdrop is what I believe to be the Atlantic Ocean and a little bit of the uh, iconic Daytona Beach area there, which if anyone's watched a bunch of movies growing up, a bunch of spring break stuff, you probably can already picture what Daytona Beach looks like. So again, Lon is traveling. Lon is out uh, doing doing some great work and uh, um, took some time out of the uh, schedule to, to record an episode today, Lon. And, and I want to set this up for the, for the listener, for the viewer before we get into it. If you follow along in the previous episodes, and if you have not, by the way, you can still go back to any episode, wherever you get downloadable content, you can listen to all those, a lot of great uh, content available. And one of the themes normally on the show that we do, Lon, is we talk about feelings. We talk about kind of milestones um, that you may experience as you kind of think about transitioning to your second half story. And those are really impactful conversations, a lot of great information. I know you and I are besieged uh, all the time by folks who enjoy the message, enjoy the concept. But today, this episode, we're going to be a little bit self-indulgent, if you do, if you don't mind us, because I looked at a calendar recently, Lon, and I saw a post from you, and I recognize that it's been a little over one year since you put the keys on the desk, walked away from your corporate job, and went all in on what it is that you're doing today. So I thought today's show could be a little bit more of a retrospective of the previous 365 days kind of where you started, where you are now, what surprised you, what shocked you, and, and just the entire uh, the entire construct of how your life has changed in just 365 days. So forgive us for the little self-indulgent episode today, but I think it'll be a lot of fun to, to kind of look back and see where you are from that standpoint, Lon. So before I get started here, you look like you're about 14 floors off the uh, off the ocean there. How's that warm ocean breeze hitting you there? It looks idyllic behind you in the in the background. It's like it, it's a, uh, it's great. It is cool. It's it's cooler than I expected it to be. Um, but it's supposed to it's supposed to be warming up. But yeah, it's you're exactly right. I'm about 14 floors up, and the the breeze is bouncing off my back. And uh, and we're we're done with this. I'm gonna go take a jog on the beach. That's always that's always good for writing. Always good for the soul. Take a little jog. Get a little little fresh air in your lungs. You'll get a little sea air. The salt water kind of splashing on you. It's a it's a fantastic journey, Lon. But let's get down to sort of the episode. So first and foremost, I, I, I read something you wrote on LinkedIn, by the way. Lon's a great follow on LinkedIn. You actually wrote that the anniversary came and passed, and you didn't even realize it. You didn't realize it actually had been a year. How crazy is that to think about, first of all, that it's been a landmark year for you, I, I, I assume, in terms of how you feel professionally and personally. Um that you're doing so much great stuff. You're having so much fun that you didn't even realize that year had passed. What does that kind of say about um, what this last year has been like for you? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, I think it was the day before or the day of, I'm like, today's February 1st and my brother's birthday's coming up. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. 
February 1st. This was my, this was one year ago, my anniversary of when I left. And it, and it literally absolutely snuck up on me. Um, and I chucked that up to a whole bunch of things, not the least of which is, is historically when you're, when you're in a corporate America, you kind of live by the calendar, your fiscal year for sure, your calendar year, you set your New Year's resolutions. If your budget happens to be calendar, you set up, you know, by the time December 31 hits and January 1 hits, you've kind of got your world shaped up around that. And I would say that, you know, probably like most people, I'm not all that different. I, I had created some, some to-dos for me in calendar 23, but nothing for, from an anniversary standpoint of, of when I separated from, from my company. So the day kind of came and snuck up on me and I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's, this is kind of crazy. One year ago today, my world changed dramatically on my terms. And, uh, and I should probably take a moment to reflect on that. And then that's, that's the post, that's the post you saw when I was hearkening back to my last day in the office, what it was like. And then my first day of my new life. Well, take us back to that, that 365 day ago lawn. When you walked out of the door for the last time, you closed the door behind you, put the keys on the counter, said goodbye to some friendships and relationship you have, you had made for for years and decades in some situation, and you hit the door for the first time on the way out. What were your expectations for what you thought the next 365 days would be like for you? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I wish I, I wish I had a great answer for that. I wish I could tell you I, I expected to be exactly where I am. It absolutely wouldn't be true if I did tell you that. I can tell you this. Um, it's really nostalgic. You go through this phase in your last in your last few days where you're really nostalgic about about leaving. Uh, you're nostalgic. I, it took me. I remember in my last week, I was going through. You know, I was the mergers and acquisitions guy, so I had all sorts of files and folders full of things that were, you know, pretty important, uh, and you couldn't let them couldn't let them out of your sight. You know, they're in the lock. They're in the locked cubicle. And, uh, and I was going through and kind of reliving all of the deals we did, all the deals we didn't do, the deals, thank God we didn't do, you know, some of those that seemed like such a good idea at the time, which would have probably been a disaster. All of those things, I went, I went through them all, and I kind of relived them. So you go through this, and I was going through that a year ago. Um, and one of the things that I kind of thought as I was, I was getting ready to leave was that I wouldn't be able to take so much with me. And what I mean by that is all my experience I, I took for granted. It, it, it almost felt like I was leaving that behind. My friendships, it felt like, well, they're not my coworkers anymore, so I'm leaving that behind. Um, all of the experiences that my job brought to me and for me were things that I was going to leave behind. And what I discovered really shortly thereafter is that's wrong. My friends, my, my colleagues and my friends at work are still my friends. We went out just last week, right before I left to, to, to come to Florida. We all went out, 12 of us. Uh, some are still at the company, some have left, but, but we still hang out. They still get to be my friends. And my experiences, I still get to have brand new experiences. It's just different. They're my experiences. They're not experiences that come because my company afforded them to me. They're my experiences because I created them for myself. So look, I, it's a long way of saying uh, I got to take a whole bunch of stuff with me. And for anyone who's thinking about changing, trading, leaving, getting promoted, leaving a department, leaving a company, whatever it is, just know that you take that with you. You take it with you and you get to use it and you get to use it differently. Um, and, uh, and I continue to do that every day. I, I take, take all of that with me. Um, and uh, and I, I just uh, am thrilled where I've ended up one, one year later, but I didn't know it when I left. Not at all. So February 2nd, 2022, you wake up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground from the bed. What are you, what were you planning to do? What were your thoughts? What were you, what was your, I would love to see your agenda from that day, like the first day of what it is that you were kind of planning to do as your feet hit the floor for the first time as a quote unquote free, um, unemployed um, uh, individual. Well, uh, one of the things that happened, and I, I thought we've talked about this in previous episodes, I was just going to show up curious and, uh, and I was going to, I was going to show up on LinkedIn. I was going to post about my journey and then I was just going to see where it, where it led me. And I think I can tell you one year and a few days later, that is exactly how I've led my life almost to a T. 
and I remember I went, I remember I actually for this episode I went back and said, What did I post on day one? And my post on day one was called Day One. And what the gist of it is, I should repost it. Um, what the gist of it was is I got up and I went for a run. But the run wasn't to relieve stress. It was in, to enjoy exactly what I see around me. And, uh, and it was just kind of this release of I don't have to do anything. And I get to do whatever I want. And for the first time in my life, well, for the first time since college, that was my, that, that is all that I was expecting to do was just do my day, however I wanted to do it. And the sun came up, the carpet was soft, the coffee was delicious, the run was great. And this was day one of my new life that I was going to create for myself. I didn't know what day two looked like. I sure as heck didn't know what month two looked like. And I never would have guessed what the start of year two would look like. But that was, that was just that. And the other thing I'll say is that was my first post where I got over 20,000 views. Um, 20,000 views for me now is, isn't as big of a deal, although it still is. That's a lot. But for me at that day, so you asked what was, what was it like, I woke up on day two to the fact that I had 20,000 people. Who, who's showing up because I quit? It was so, it was so mysterious to me that um, I left the job. I went to LinkedIn. I wrote about it. I talked about how I didn't have a plan. I didn't have another job lined up and I didn't have a roll of debt full of business owners willing to hire me that I didn't, I didn't even have a resume. I still don't have one. And I wrote about it and 20,000 people showed up. I only had about 4,000 followers at the time. Uh, so it's, it, 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 that was the first sign to me that I'm like, wait a minute. Why would people care that I had the chance to stay at a company and I chose to leave and I don't know what I'm going to do? Why is that resonating? And there again, then I just leaned into that curiosity and I, I, uh, I started, started going down that path on LinkedIn. Have you ever allowed the sort of the negative side to creep in? Have you ever thought to yourself, what if that first post only got 200 views? Would things have be different today? You think if if you didn't get that initial traction, do you think that would have maybe dampened your your spirits a little bit? If you didn't get that twenty thousand, you only got two hundred. Would would you still be sitting where you are right now? I, I think so, man. I really do, and here's why: I've had a lot of posts that have only got two hundred <laughs> views <laughs> since <Sure>. then. <laughs> so you know, you, it uh, it it definitely was the very first moment. You know, I, I tell people as I'm coaching them, I'm like. Look, when, when, you're, when you're wrestling around with what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Kind of a big question, right? And you're embarrassed because you don't know. And it's like, geez, I'm 45. I'm successful. How do I not know what I want? Um, I tell people, look, you're going you're gonna to test things and try things. And, and what you are going to do with the rest of your life is not going to find you in a moment of eureka. That's it. It will find you over a series of 100 different. Well, that was interesting. And that was, that was for me that it wasn't when I posted and got the response I got, it wasn't Eureka. I need to, I need to show up for people and, and tell them that what they're going through is normal. That is not at all. what was in my mind. And I, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, well, that was interesting. I wonder why. And, and I went another three or four days and uh, not, you know, I've got a thousand, 2000, 3000 views, nothing spectacular. And then I posted uh, after, probably about on day 10, what I learned, I just post what I learned in my first 10 days out of corporate America, boom, 20,000 views again. And I, there's, there's a switch there. There's an appetite for people who want to know what the other side looks like. And I'm living it. And I'm, I'm one half of a step in front of everybody else who's wondering what this could look like. So let's keep going with it. And then I wrote a note to my son and it's like, hey, son, for every first day, there's a laugh. And, you know, that whole thing. And that took off because so many people that I'm talking to, if you're listening to me, there's a, I'll tell you, based on the people I talk to, there's a better than 90% chance that you're a parent. You're a parent of somebody who's recently left home, or you can see the end of the runway to when they are going to leave home. I just know mm -hmm. that because that's who, yeah. the, that's who my demographic is. So when I'm writing notes to my son, who at that time was 16, about what life is going to teach him, 
and how they should roll with it. I felt, okay, but that was me figuring out who my audience was. I'm like, well, what, what are they, what are they hungry for? And they're hungry for intimacy. That was my first post about an intimate conversation, an intimate note that I can have with my son. And I'm like, okay, this is a group of people who are lonely as heck and on most days miserable in the C-suite. Okay, so they've got everything that they thought money should and can buy for them. Their concern isn't about more money. Their concern is about time and the time that they've got left with their kids and the time that they don't have control over in their days. And they are looking for a guide or a resource or hope that maybe there's a path for them that provides them the freedom, gives them the time, and that they can make a trade while maintaining their image. Because that was, an, that was the other thing that, that was obvious to me. The people are, are staying where they're at because they don't want to give up their image. So obviously, these, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, this is, you've heard all this before. But on day one, day 10, month one, I didn't know any of this. It, it all showed up in what I was posting and the type of relationship I was building with an audience. One more thing I'll say really quickly. Um, and that is, um, I realized that nobody was engaging. So I would get 20,000 views. I would only get about 10 comments. I mean, nobody was showing up to say, oh, this was great. I really, I really subscribe to this. Congratulations. I hope to someday um, have and feel like I've got enough to, to trade in my job for exactly what I want to do. No, nobody showed up and did that. But my inbox, my email inbox started filling up. I'm like, why, why is it that they'll come to me in email? They'll ask for a phone call. We'll get on a phone call. They'll pour their heart out to me absolutely spill their guts. Oftentimes there's tears. I mean, these, they're, they're locked down. They just, they haven't shared with their wife even what it is they're feeling, but they'll pour it out to me, but they won't leave a comment or a like on the post that brought them to tears. Well, I realized they couldn't let people know. And it made total sense. That was just me just, just months ago. I couldn't, I couldn't have left my DNA so there again, now you can kind of see, think of me back then. It was a white slate. I'm like, okay, what are the elements here? Okay, they've got a lot. They've got the clubs, they've got the memberships, they've got all that. But they don't have the ability to engage with somebody who can help them figure out what they're going through. And so I just kept leaning into that. How can I show up? What can I provide? What are the tools I can give? And, uh, and um, that's then when I wrote the curriculum for the Normal 40 process. I think this is so interesting and kind of a, you know, to borrow a phrase inside baseball kind of thing, right? In that, <clears throat> I think for those who have kind of seen where you are now, assumed you had less fully flushed out content strategy around how you're going to kind of launch. And I think it's really interesting to, to see the organic nature of how that actually came to be, right? How, how that came to be. And I think that's an important point, you know, looking at where you are and taking that as sort of a, a recipe, a backdrop. Again, I think people assume they have to be very strategic and I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and E, I'll get to F, right? And it sounds like as you're kind of thinking back in your journey, you recognize you, you took a bit of a winding path here and there, right? You took some left turns that maybe didn't turn into something, got back on the main road, took a right turn. There isn't one natural pathway to get you to where you were. And I think the thing that I just heard from you there was you didn't show up with a strategy, right? You didn't show up with a whiteboard on like on day one, post this message on day two, post this message. I think that's, that's interesting and instructor for a lot of people who are trying to figure out what next looks like. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out strategic plan. It could be a couple of key things that you want to focus on. I think that's interesting to think about. Oh man, Adam, I'm so glad you brought us back to that. Um, I tell people in our ramble, you know, I I'll do eight or 10, 12 rambles in a week and they're all the same. And they're all awesome. The stories I hear, I mean, I just absolutely love them. And I hope that I always do free, free calls like this because it's just so, so rewarding. But at some point in the ramble, they, they all ask the question, well, how will I know? How do I know, uh, you know, what, what I'm supposed to do next? And, you know, what does that look like? I'm willing to trade. Everybody, by the time they get to me, they're like, yeah, I think I'm willing to trade what I've got. I'm willing to trade this, but I don't know what I'm going to trade it for. So many people are, are there. Um, and I tell them, look, he, you, you'll never have clarity you'll never unless you just go to another job uh and and by the way that's fine if, if that's what you want to do i don't want to i don't want to uh try to coach and and mentor and, and lead in a way that says oh you got to quit your job no that's not at all the point but if you ever just want to leave and take a bet on yourself 
what I did. You'll never have the confidence of knowing your business model is, is there. You don't get that. That isn't what you get. You can't wait around until you've got confidence. You've got to just lean into some courage and know generally where you're going. Okay, so here's what I did. I knew I didn't want to go to work for another public company, at least not right now. I knew my next step was a bet on me. I knew that I loved helping people. And I knew, and this is really important, and I said this on a podcast earlier, and I didn't realize how impactful it was going to be. Uh, and it was a moment of vulnerability for me, and I'll say it again. I knew that I was wired to be admired. My core driver, the thing that drives me, the thing that drives me to work late, work hard, and show up to people, the thing that drives me to do free phone calls too, by the way, is that maybe, just maybe, I can leave them with just enough to be admired. I can give them a nugget that changes their life, that leaves me and our experience in an admirable state. And I'm, I knew that whatever I was going to do was going to be bigger than me. It was going to be bigger than what I could even envision at the time. I needed to get started. And whatever it was going to be, it was going to allow me to feel like I'm doing something that allows me to be admired. And normal 40 in what I've built and, and really, I'm in the top of the first inning still in what I'm building. Um, it, it, it does that. So let me bring this all, the, all this back. You're going to be ready to leave long before you feel like it. You will never feel ready. You will never feel ready. But when, when you know where your future isn't, and you know a couple of things about what you want to do, how you want to feel, and who you want to help, you got enough. You can see the mountain. You don't know how you're going to get there. You don't know if it'll be left turn, right turn, or over the top or underneath or burrow around. That's not important. You'll do exactly what I did. You'll wake up one morning and you'll make some progress. You'll do a post and you'll say, huh, that was interesting. What next? And you'll try something and it won't work and it won't work and it won't work. You'll hit a post like, huh, that was interesting. And you'll just get smarter every day. And eventually um, it'll lead you and it'll take you right, right into the sweet spot. One of the things I do when I uh, have a chance to kind of coach and mentor, uh, especially young leaders, I, I talk about building a personal board of directors, you know, key people in your life that you can reach out to rely on. You can take their counsel. You can get advice from them. They'll give you honest feedback. They won't sugarcoat stuff for you, right? Some key people that when you need to make a big decision or you need some direction, you go to your personal board of directors and you go, okay, I need some support. I need some help here, right? And, and to me, that's in a crucial part of, of the growth and development phase. But as I think about for you, as you were going through your journey, who did you lean on in those dark moments? Who would you lean on in those times where you said, ah, I'm not so sure I'm doing the right thing here. I don't know if this is going to work. Who kind of served for you as your personal board of directors? Who are those folks in your life that when the when the day was a little long or the day was tough that you, you tapped via email or via text and, and said, hey, can we chat? Who, who was important to you along that journey? So there's, I would say there's two. There's the pre, um, pre-normal 40 board of directors, which was one, which was me. <laughs> you know, you kind of, the, the guy who locked it all in and, and didn't share it. And I figured I was, I was smart enough to figure it out myself. All the myths. I shouldn't be going through this. I shouldn't feel this way. I'm smart enough to figure it out. I've got everything. Why, don't, why can't I just be happy? All that bullshit. Uh, I was the board of director of one. After, after I left... Um, I literally have formed a personal board of directors. The first thing I did um, is I, I hired a coach um, and a really dang good one and somebody who I can talk to. And we only talk once a month. It's not a, it's not a weekly thing for me. Um, but uh, he, he does a wonderful job of being sure that he's not giving me any answers. I don't need the answers. I just need the questions. And that's how I... That's how I treat every one of my clients. I'm not going to have your answers. Anybody who's listening to this, I don't have your answers. I don't know what you should do next. I don't know if you should leave now, next month, next year, or never. But I'll tell you this. After an hour with me, I'll have the questions seated in your mind, and you'll be thinking about it. That's good coaching. So I hired a coach, number one. Two, uh, one of the people in my life who has been and continues to be um, someone I lean on for guidance is actually my former CEO. He's still with the company. He's still employed by them. Um, 
I, you know, I resigned to him and, uh, and I went out and did my own thing and he couldn't be more supportive. And, uh, and he's somebody who's on my board. And then I've got my group of, of, uh, of seven core friends that I lean on a lot. Um, and we'll go out as a group or I'll lean on them one-on-one, one at a time. And I bounce things off of them. And, and I get to ask them all the fun questions that I never thought would be fun to ask a, a, a group of dudes. Like, hey, what do, you, what, am I, what do you think I'm really good at? When you think about me in a year or two, what do you think I should be doing? What are my skills should I be using? It's, it's just really fun to have them, have them uh, weigh in and, and share those things with you. So I've, I've got that group. And then quite honestly, uh, I've got you, Adam, to be honest. Uh, you're somebody who's, who's come out of left field uh, in July. And you're somebody who I show up here and we ramble. And, and we have the, pre, the pre-conversation chat and the after chat. Um, and, uh, and you're somebody I lean on and share my thoughts with and get feedback on. And, uh, and so I count you as somebody on my personal board of directors that helps me stay focused, move ahead and, um, um, have an impact. Well, I think, and I'm glad you, you gave that answer. Cause I think it's so important to recognize for folks, you, you don't have to go it alone. Certainly you can choose to if that's kind of where you're at and maybe where your mind's at. But A, you don't have to go it alone. And B, and Lon, keep me honest on this one, you probably shouldn't go it alone, right? You probably should have somebody that you can reach out to, even if it's one person, and go, hey, man, can you talk? I got I got something I want to share. And it's great to hear that you've kind of diversified the way that you think about that, right? You've got different sectors of individuals, friends, colleagues, former former bosses, strangers in some respects, like like I was to you, right? Like, I think that's so cool for people thinking about that right now. Um, you know, because I imagine you your board of directors today doesn't doesn't maybe look exactly like you thought it would look on day one and February 2nd, right? And that's changed so much for you. So I, I think I just think it's crucial. And I want to make sure I accentuate that point that you don't have to go it alone. Certainly, you, you could you could try if that's maybe where you're at. But and you tell me if you feel differently Lon, that you need to start getting those key peoples on your board of directors and you don't have to go out and find seven people tomorrow, right? Find the right people. If it's one at a time to get kind of the ability to have a conversation with, um, and sort of give you that nudge along this journey. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I need to add one more. I, I made a misstatement when I said, um, I was in my own head alone. I left, which is largely true, but, um, one of the best things I did right before leaving was I leaned on my board of director that I share a house and a family with. Sure. Um, and, and Mindy, my wife, um, she is, she's a wonderful, uh, board of directors and she keeps me so grounded, uh, pumps me up and, well, uh, you know, here Mind- I am. Mindy's the chairman of the board. Yes. Oh, you better believe it. I always called her the home CEO. I didn't realize that she was all chief CEO and chairman, but I know that now. I do know that now. And uh, and so she is she is someone and look like I, I mean it when I say I went decades without confiding in her how I felt. It's like just felt like my job isn't to bring problems home. My job is to bring solutions home. My job isn't to share, you know, that I really probably wasn't all that happy uh, at work and that I was really dreaming about doing something else. Um, but when I did, she brought the questions and then she brought the support. And, uh, and so look, this is a, this is a long way of me plugging. If you haven't had a conversation with your wife, um, have the awkward conversation in this book, I, in the book I'm writing, which we'll get to, um, I, one of the biggest discoveries I've, I've had of the last year and I'm putting in the book is that almost everybody I talk to, and I've talked to hundreds of people and I've recorded hundreds of them. And almost everybody I've talked to is just one awkward conversation away from a radically improved day, week, month, quarter, year, or lifetime. One awkward conversation. One awkward conversation with their spouse. It was an awkward conversation for me to tell my wife that, hey, look, we're doing great. You know, I'm the, only, I'm the sole breadwinner, and I don't know if I want to do this anymore. That's an awkward conversation. Uh, and it feels awkward. And it and it will be more awkward in the moment when you go to have that conversation than it re- when you're practicing it in your head. It's like, oh, I can do that. But when it's like, hey, babe, I want to talk to you about something. It's awkward. It is awkward. Um, and so 
that's that's just one. But an awkward conversation with a boss, an awkward conversation with uh, an employee, you're just one awkward conversation away from a, a dramatically improved lifetime if you can just bring yourself to have that awkward conversation. And uh, and that's been one of the most curious, fascinating, and true things. And by the way, as I go back, I play my life in reverse. I can walk you through the 30 awkward conversations I didn't have and the stress that it caused me along the way. I just don't allow those awkward conversations not to get my attention anymore. I want to get a little more granular on the last 365 days. I've got a couple of specific questions I want to ask you. So here, here's the first one. Looking back on the, on the last year, what's been the biggest fork in, you, in the road for you? What, what was that fork in the road moment for you where you had kind of two options, you took a path? What's the, what's the fork in the road moment that kind of calls out to you? Oh, yeah. I wish you wouldn't ask this. <laughs> um, it's recent. It's really recent. Um, and I wrestled with it. I wrestled with it a lot. And this is one where I, I really relied on my board of directors. Um, and one thing about the board of directors, I sorry, I hate to go back. Sometimes when you say that, you think it's this formal and you meet. No, it's just friends, man. It's just yeah. some friends you can fight in. So I, I just want the listeners to know my board of directors are just my friends and the people I trust. So don't overthink it. Just have a couple. You don't bring them together at the same time. You just talk. So this is when I bounced off a number of my friends. Um, look, normal 40s got momentum. Um, and it's, the momentum really started to happen in August. I'm like, God oh, dang it. This is, this is becoming a thing. Around the time you found me, Adam, actually. And we started a podcast that I didn't expect. Um, you know, a podcast that you created. You hatched. You brought. You brought to life. You continue to bring to life. Um, and like, okay, well, if I can, if I'm attracting people like you and I'm getting all of these thank you notes from people from all over the world that I never met. I didn't even know were following me. Thank you. I, because of you, I did this. Because of you, I took this trip. Because of you, I went back to church. Because of you, I quit my job and I started my own company. Because of you, whatever. And I, I was, I'm like, okay, there, there's something here. And it was fulfilling to me. And I knew that writing, I knew that writing is something that I wanted to I, want, I will continue to do and will always do. So I knew I was going to write a book. That wasn't a fork. And as I continue to grow and build an audience and I continue to feel, be fulfilled, and I continue to take on just a couple of one-on-one -on -one, um, one -on -one coaching clients. And I, at any one time, I told myself I would never have more than four. And I got to four, and four is a good number. Um, but I, get, I go deep with my clients. We, we get very intimate. We have... Uh, and we make a lot of progress in a short amount of time. And so the fork in the road for me recently is, do I want to continue to do one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching? Or do I really want to focus on being a writer and a speaker? And speaking is something I haven't even talked to, to anyone about. Um, but uh, I, that is definitely on my path. Do, am I sure that I want to do that? Do I want to not coach and just go down this path? Or am I going to continue to coach and go down this path? Um, and, uh, and what I decided to do is, is to continue coaching. And I launched a cohort and it's full and it's the coolest cohort of dudes you could ever imagine. Uh, we've had one call we just kicked off in February. It's called Vintage One. And, uh, and it's spectacular. So I made the right call, but I'll tell you what, I did a lot of wrestling and I talked to my wife a lot. And, uh, and she had a lot of, there's, there's a lot I'm not quite doing yet that that board member specifically wants me to do, <laughs> but she's right. She's right. And I'm going to do it. I know this next question is almost going to like, going to be like asking you to pick your favorite kid, but can you think of maybe one or two of the most interesting conversations you've had with people where you, you hung up the phone or you turned off the computer and you sat back and went, wow. That was interesting. And, and, and interesting can be a lot of things to you, Lana. It could be something where it was enlightful and enlightening to you, something where it was informative, something where it just kind of surprised you. But is there any specific conversation that you've had where you, you think back and you go, man, that one is one that I'm going to hang on the wall forever. And I'll never forget that conversation. I've got, I've got a lot of them. Um, so one, um, one is a gent who I know is going to listen to this. Um, and, uh, and he shows up from time to time and he's, he's crossed over to the other side. And so he now feels empowered to, to, uh, to share, but it's a dude who is just feeling absolute discontent 
over his job and where he was at. Uh, he was ground out, ground down, but he knew he had more to give and, and a lot more. He wasn't looking to retire. He wasn't looking for easy street. He was just looking for joy and satisfaction in his day. And he reached out to me after a couple of, um, after a couple of posts that I'd put out there and he shared them back to me. He, he copied them and he said, these are in my phone and I've been reading them every morning. I want to talk to you. So we scheduled a call. And um, in a matter of an hour, that was about the length of the, the phone call, um, the guy had an epiphany and I, I could see it on the call. I could see how he came in kind of tattered and ragged and disgruntled. Um, literally, I mean, he had a chip on his shoulder. There's no better way of putting it. And before he left, he was back in his chair and relaxed and he was just at peace with what he needed to do. And, and the phrase, my work here is done, resonated with him. And he understood his work was done and he needed to go make a trade. And about a month later, I got a, I got a, um, a text message from him. Uh, and it was he on a cruise ship with his entire family. And not, he, he uh, separated from his company and he took his family on a huge extended vacation. And he, and he sent me a note just to say, thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to see that this was possible. These are the moments I'm never going to get back. Um, so there's one, another one of a, of a dude in town. And I've, I've talked about this one in the podcast before. Uh, I got, I, he, long story short, he's an attorney. He'd been with the, been with the same company for, for more than a few, more than a decade anyway. I, I don't know the exact amount of time. And he had another run in him. His kids had just left for college. And he's like, I've got a big run in me. And I want to go be kind of the guy. And so on a, on a whim, he sent out his, his, uh, his resume to a few places. And he got a job as a general counsel in, a, in North Carolina. And he's absolutely crushing it. He actually just sent me a note uh, within the last three weeks saying, thank you. Dude, I am living the life that I wouldn't have been able to live had you just not taken a few minutes and shared what's possible with me. And I mean, I just, I, I literally, I'm kind of looking around, looking down because I've, I've got like 50 more of them. I got, a, I got an email from a dude just today. And uh, um, it's the title is Thanks from a, from a Veteran. And he goes on to say how he stumbled across my site and how the military has been uh, it's been his path his whole life. He's in special forces. It's what he knows. It's what he does and what he's supposed to do according to his commanding officer. But it's not what's in his heart. What's in his heart is the prairie of the Midwest and he's going to go make it happen. And he wants to talk to me. I mean, it's just, it is, it, this isn't, this isn't, Hey, this happens once in a while. It happens every single day. And it is so exciting and so, um, motivating for me to get up and write the next post and do the next thing that I, uh, I just can't wait to do it. It is, it is the thing that fuels me. And so I, I don't know if I answered, I tried to pick just one, but I actually have about six more that I want to keep rambling <laughs> on. Uh, but, uh, but I'll stop there. One thing I can tell people about, uh, about Lon, what, what you see here, what you're hearing here, this is what you get. He talked about, we talked before the show, after the show, you know, we text throughout you know, the week, messages here and there. And I can tell you definitively, without any question in my mind, Lon is an exceedingly positive person, has a very positive energy, always looks at things positively, always glass half full, an exceedingly positive person. So because of that, Lon, I have to ask you this question. In the last year, what's been the hardest day? The day where you, 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 you closed it up for the day and you said, man, this one was a tough one. What's been the hardest day? in the last year for you. And this is going to be tough for you to think of because you see the positive in a lot of things that other people would look at and completely fold up and throw their hands in the air. But for you, what's been the hardest day of the last year? Um, you know, probably my hardest day. Uh, it's one I wrote about and it's one that got a few hundred thousand views. Um, and it was, it was packing up, the car to take my daughter to college mm. and uh and it was i mean you you kind of think you're ready for it and you kind of tell yourself that it's you know you're you're gonna it's your wife is is gonna be crying and you gotta you'll be the tough one and you'll go do it and um what you realize in that moment 
when you pack up your car and you slam the back of it closed for the last time with her standing next to you and, and you're, you're going to drive off, uh, your, your whole life kind of flashes before your eyes and you go through this whole range of emotions and they're awesome. You know, I, I, I try to tell or make sure it's clear that I wasn't sad that she was going to college. Are you kidding me? Hell no. I was, couldn't be more proud. And I wasn't disappointed she was going to be gone. Are you kidding me? Hell no. I want her to go out and see the world. It's just that when chapters end, there's this, it, there's this feeling of nostalgia that for me as an optimist and for somebody who um, just is wired to feel, feel the emotion of a, of a moment, I, I'm, I get into a moment and I feel the emotion. That nostalgia is an especially difficult emotion for me because it's all of the emotions wrapped into one and they just, they come and they, they hit you all at the same time. And for all the right reasons, it was a really, really hard day for me. And guess what? In another year, I'll have another one with, with my son. And so it's a reminder that the, that the, that the clock is ticking. Um, so that would, that would be my hardest day. If I gave you one do-over, a decision you could have back, something you could change for the last year, you get one do-over, what would you use it on? Man, these are good questions. I, I Look, I'm unfortunately for this question, I'm wired to not live through the rearview mirror uh, all that well. So I... I uh, one do-over, um, you know what, here's one. I wish I'd have let the world know that I want to speak about this about six months ago. I, I still haven't done it. I just feel like um, what's brewing in me and what's coming up, and this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel this in passion. I, when I start talking about this, I just can't help but be just full of passion. I want to tell this story. I want to stand in front of an audience so damn big that they – can't wait to hear what I'm going to talk about because it's going to be their story. I want to stand in front of an audience and tell a story of a thousand people that I've talked to and a thousand lives that we, Adam, have impacted on Normal 40. And I want to put them in a place and put them in a mindset where they feel normal, empowered, excited, and optimistic about the next 40 years of their life. I want to use the stories and the conversations I've done the work of, ha of, of cultivating and creating, and I want to put it back to a group of people who will, who will pay attention to a message that's so in your face, so inspirational, so helpful, that there could be an open bar in the back of the room, and they won't even care. They're going to want to hear the next story. They're going to want to hear the next thing that they should do. They're going to want to just be part of this adventure, their adventure. And, uh, and I, the one thing I wish I could do over is I wish I'd have told the universe before now, the universe being anyone who's listening, I want to do that. Ask me to come change the lives of the people who are in your company, in your surrounding, at your event. And I want, I am confident I can put that message together and I can't wait to do it. And I'm, this is this, my board of director of one, Mindy, my wife, this is what she's telling me to do. She's, she's, she's like, Lon, you got to do it. You are a born speaker. Go do it. I don't know what you're waiting for. So there you go, Adam. Now it's out there. I wish I'd have done that six months ago. Said, bring, bring it on. I'm going to bring the house down. Watch me. What's been the biggest surprise for you in the last year? Biggest surprise is that I wasn't alone. Hmm. I can't believe how many people show up. I cannot believe how many people show up every single day um and and um eventually you know by the time they email me i don't most of them have been following for months so the people who are just brand new to me today i won't hear from for another month or two before they finally say geez i guess gotta i gotta reach out to this guy and see what's going on i didn't realize that the c-suite or the management upper management uh level of of uh our world is actually one of the loneliest and I'll use this word and it's probably not too big a word, 
miserable mm, yeah. uh, places in in the entire company. And and it's so miserable because they can't talk to anybody about it. So um, the surprise is that as it's it's a conundrum. I didn't expect so many people to show up. And the more I keep talking about it, the more and the faster they keep showing up. So what started out as an idea of maybe I'll be a coach to help a couple people, man, it's becoming a movement where we can pull this feeling that really successful, awesome, intelligent, wonderful people have, and we can pull it out and make it, make it something you can talk about so that they can enjoy their evenings with their family. They can do the things in life that they want to do. This isn't an idea anymore. It's a movement. And I want to, I'm going to keep doubling down on it. I told you earlier in this, in this interview, I feel like I'm the top of the first inning. There isn't even, I don't even know if I've got a few strikes on me, let alone an out. This is just starting. This is just starting. And I can't wait to see where in one year from now, where it's going to go. I still don't know. I don't have a master plan. I don't have a strategic plan that says in one year, I want to have X. Mm -mm, I don't. I'm going to show up tomorrow, curious about what tomorrow thinks I should do. And then I'm going to do it. But I know it's going to be elements of speaking. It's going to be elements of coaching. And it's going to be elements of uh, podcasting. And it's going to be just showing up curious and helping as many people as I can take back the life they want. What is one thing that you've learned about yourself in the last year? The biggest one I talked about. Um, and it, I was embarrassed about it. I, I, I am wired for admiration and I will do anything. I'll put in the hours, I'll put in the time, I'll give it all away. I give it away every week for the chance of changing someone's life positively so that I have a chance of being admired. And I've learned that about myself. And the thing that I, in the reason that's important is because I can now say it. I can say it out loud because nobody's, nobody's gonna punish me for that. I, I couldn't have said that when I was at Raven. Uh, I, you know, in, in the corporate world, humility is, is, is such a big thing and it's important I and mean, you can't walk around being a pompous, arrogant asshole, but you know, humility also has two sides. You can be, you can be so, uh, have so much humility that you deprive yourself of actually being who it is you want to be. It will deprive you of doing the work of discovering who it is you want to be next. Humility is awesome until it isn't. At some point, you have to lean into who you are. You have to own it. And by the way, that means your, your, your humility, you need to stay in the corner. I got to go do something for me. I got to be selfish for me. And I got to go do this. What have I learned about myself? The more I do that, the more I lean, the more I talk about what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, and the more I share about what it is that other people are going through, the more people show up. And, and I can balance humility and ego, and I can put it out and I can serve it up in a way that gets people thinking. And I, I've realized that I've got a gift for putting into words what other people are thinking. And I want to say one more thing about this. I went all the way through college being told and believing I was a bad writer, not, no, I was, I believed I was an embarrassment. That isn't too strong of a word. Um, I got poor grades and grammar. I, uh, I got poor um, marks from my peers. Uh, I'm dyslexic. So reading for me is a challenge. I read slower than, you know, most I would say. So I went through so much of my life believing that what, what I'm learning is a superpower. Honestly, it's a gift. It's an absolute gift. Um, I, I hid from, I ran away from, I didn't take jobs or assignments or volunteer or write. I would, I would go out of my way to avoid writing because I believed I was a horseshit writer. And what I learned about myself is I'm still going to get some words wrong and I'm still going to add a word where I wish there wasn't one and I'll see it later, but I'm not going to let that stop me from posting. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to share what's on my mind. I don't, I don't batch. I don't work in advance. I don't have tomorrow's post today. I'll know it in the morning when I sit down and write it. And, um, 
that's what I'm going to keep doing. So what I learned about myself is I'm a pretty damn good communicator and I'm going to keep doing it all the way through writing a book, which is what I'm here to do. Well, that, that probably dovetails to my next question. So for those of you listening who are still, you know, in that nine to five corporate world, um, like myself, by the way, you're probably recognizing that it is a uh, year end has come either it's calendar year end or fiscal year end, which means Lon, as you probably recall from your days, it's review time. We all sit down and write reviews from the previous year and our goals for the next year, Lon. So let's, let's fast forward for you. The next 365 days. Give me two goals that you want to accomplish within the next year. Two things that you're going to put on your vision board and they're going to be in slot A and slot B. And these are the things that you're going to focus your energies on in, in 2023. I want to do a TED talk. And I want to sell a book that changes lives. I want to write a book that changes lives. Uh, I don't care if it sells. I just want to know that it has an impact those are the two things if i can do those two things if i can put together a ted talk uh well, i can put one together uh, if i can if i can get on a stage i'm going to have a message that will resonate with people who didn't even know they needed to hear it just like it does to everybody who's listening they didn't know they needed to hear it until all of a sudden they heard it um and uh, and i want to write a book that matters that's let's it. talk about let's talk about that book process. I know you, you you shared a little bit here and there. So while we're in the kind of the revelatory uh, phase of the episode, uh, you're in Daytona today, and you have been in Florida for the past week to really kind of finish up this book, put the the last finishing touches on it. You know, put the bow on it, so to speak. Uh, what's that process been like for you? What's it been like for the last couple of months as you've been sort of sitting down, putting you know, in some cases literal pen to paper, but you know, putting those words together that's going to formulate the book. What's that process been like? Take us behind the scenes a little bit for, for the majority of us out there who have never written a book. Uh, what's that process been like for you? Oh, uh, look, I, I, uh, I've absolutely loved the process. And that's not, that's not an overstatement. Um, the way uh, my publisher works, um, in fact, I love the process so much. My publisher and I formed a joint venture to help other people write books. Because mm -hmm. I believe that so many of the people who come and talk to me really have a book in them. And so, look, we're not looking... There again, I'm not looking for you to hire me, but I will get you off on the right path. And if we're not your people, here's 15 other people you can go talk to, but go do it. But I've enjoyed the process that much that I've invested in creating a company, uh, Normal 40 Publishing, to help other people write a book. And here's what our process looks like. It's equal parts storyteller, conversations just like this. It's rambles. Um, the way we go through it is we'll ramble. Um, and and Jeremy, Jeremy Brown, my partner, for those of you who are, are local to me, you'll understand, you'll know, you'll know Jeremy. Uh, he's a big deal. He's done a lot of things. And he's got a process that he put me through that I just absolutely fell in love with. And so much of what he taught me through there, I've used in how I conduct a ramble. But the process is, uh, and you've got all sorts of options. You could sit down and just start writing. And that's pretty hard. Um, I didn't know how to write a book. I knew how to read a book and I knew how to write posts, but I don't know anything about writing a book. I mean, that's a different that's a different skill set. So what we did is Jeremy and I locked ourselves in a room for almost three days, one day in, in three different weeks. And we talked about every corner of the book, everything it could say, everything it should say, everything we should avoid saying, everything that belongs in a different book, everything. And before we were done with those three days, we had the book outlined. We had it chaptered. We had the length of each chapter. We had the blueprint for the book done. And then it was time to start putting words in between the headings. Um, and then I, I worked with another writer who has written hundreds of books. There again, I'm not a book writer yet. I'm a writer, not a book writer. And he and I worked together in kind of an interview format. And we got, we got the book, I would say, to a pretty advanced state. Um, so what am I doing now? The, the book, over the course of the last four months, uh, we've been getting into the state that it's in. Um, I would say when I arrived to Florida, I would call it, it was about 75% mark, 75% of the way done. Um, and I, before I leave here next week in a few days, I'm going to have it done. I've got one chapter to write from scratch. I didn't anticipate when I got here that I was going to, I just, in my gut, I know I need one more chapter. I got one more story to tell and it needs to be in there. Um, and, uh, and so that's going to take some time. But the process has been great. Here's what it's done for me. And I need you to, I need anybody who's thinking about writing a book to hear this. It has brought wonderful clarity to me to sit down 
and to give myself the time and space to think clearly about what it is I want to say, what it is people want to hear, and how it is I want to teach it. Those things and this book writing process has done wonders for me to be a better coach, to be a better listener, and probably to be a better podcaster uh, as, as it's helped me just really understand at a much deeper level who it is I'm here to be and who it is I'm here to help. Well, first on, let me let me just thank you for for being so open and and uh, and sharing a little bit about the the last year. I thought it was an important story to tell, and I know there's probably a lot of people like myself who kind of want to hear a little bit more about what it was like day in day out. I get a little bit closer to the sun than than most, having a chance to talk to you on a pretty regular basis. But um, you know, it's it's great to kind of hear behind the scenes and kind of and see what you've experienced. And, and two, you know, let me now take this opportunity as kind of the 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 voice of the normal forty crowd. Um, and just say, we are super glad that that journey took place for you, right? And that February 2nd, uh, 2022 happened and allowed you to go on this journey because I know I represent um, hundreds and thousands of people out there that, that's whose lives have changed uh, because of your entrance into it and because of what you provided. So I feel like on behalf of the audience, I need to thank you for, for going on this journey uh, and for letting a lot of us tag along and, and be a part of it and for never making us feel like we're tagging along, though, making us feel like we're always in the front seat of the car with you while you're driving down the road and uh that that's uh that's been a super important part i think of this process for a lot so let me let me you know voice for everybody just kind of our sincere thanks for you being on this journey and uh, and inviting us all to to come along it's like one big giant keg party you just kept opening the door and more and more people just kept pouring in but i know we're glad to to be there and and to be hanging out and, and having a, having a metaphorical beer with you and uh, and enjoying the process oh man hey um look dude um, you are a huge part of this story too, man. Um, this podcast, I, I, I don't know if this pod, if I would have a podcast, if you wouldn't have showed up curious and, uh, and you know, we, we played that episode. You can go back and listen to our first conversation. We aired it there again in the spirit of saying, Hey, look, this is how it's going to work. You can live, you can, I won't, there's almost nothing I won't share. Um, and, uh, and you're the same way, Adam, you let me, you let me put that you know, up in its entirety. You've been a huge part of this, man. And as I, uh, I'm, I'm the benefactor in that I get to hear from so many people who just show up and say, thanks, or can we get on a call? But every, I, I think I can say this in almost every conversation, they reference the podcast and they reference you, man. You do a spectacular, my mother-in-law references what a great job you do so hey, <laughs> i'm big i'm that. big with mother-in-laws i'm big with mother-in-laws <laughs> <laughs> so i and I, and I mean it sincerely man i i appreciate that you're here you do a great job um you you bring this you bring it all together man so thank you well for those who uh are maybe listening for the first time tell us more about how they can follow along with you where they can find your work how they can get more involved in what you're doing at the normal 40 all right. So you can, of course, find me on LinkedIn. I, I, I show up in a couple of places on LinkedIn, just Lon, my personal, my personal site. Then I've got a private community on LinkedIn. Um, I usually put the link. You can't search it. It's private. Uh, it's not going to come up on a Google search or a, a LinkedIn search. But pay attention to the bottom of my posts. Once or twice a week, I put the link to it, and you can ask permission to get in, and once a week, we let people in. Uh, and it's a place where I try really hard to keep the riffraff out. Uh, sometimes they get in and they start marketing and I boot them out. It's a place where you can come in and just be a dude and share your stories and I'll share mine and you'll be amazed at what happens on that side of the wall. Um, two, I've got a paid community. It's not that expensive. It's 25 bucks a month. And it also is a private closed off LinkedIn, off social. It's just us dudes uh, showing up, keeping it real. And, uh, and you can join, join me there. There again, you can find a link to that from, from normal40.com. You can find me on normal40.com. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And um, it goes without saying, but if you can leave a like, leave a recommendation, leave a five-star and leave a review and just say, this podcast helps, helped me change my life, whatever. It helps, it helps Adam and I reach the next dude. And what, you can, what anybody listening can do for me is show up for the next guy. And the only way you can show up for the next guy is to show up for yourself first. Uh, like something, share something, and uh, and we'll 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 turn this from an idea into a movement. But it's going to take you guys having the awkward conversation first with yourself and then with others to make it happen. Uh, and I'm signing up for it, man. 
I'm I'm here for the long haul. I'm not leaving. So uh, let's let's do it. One more thing, and I'm going to start doing more of it. I started something about eight months ago called Normal Forty TV on YouTube. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. I've got some old stuff on there, but I'm gonna I might go there. And when we get done here, Adam, let's ramble after we quit recording, and I'll I'll throw that up on YouTube too, so you can see the get the after hours conversation. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a whole bonus episode of, of Normal Forty that uh, that exists that one day we'll get into your hands. But uh, as Lon said, thanks so much for showing up again today. Uh, we appreciate everybody who takes the time out of their schedule to to give us an opportunity to talk to you. And if it's meant something to you, to Lon's point, please share it with somebody. Leave a comment. Uh, give it to a friend. Uh, let's let's keep this movement going forward. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna keep showing up here. We'll be back again with a new episode soon. Uh, but in the meantime, listen, follow, subscribe, do all that stuff. And uh, do one more thing for us. Keep being curious. Keep being you. And uh, we will see you on the other side. This is the Norma 40, the podcast.